Hello, beautiful people. I'm Heat, host of Ordinary Chaos, where we explore the interesting side of ordinary. We often see famous people as interesting and not famous people as not interesting, but the truth is we're all interesting if you ask the right questions. Today's guest is who I call the person next door, a regular person whose daily life might look something like our own. Everyone's path is interesting, and Natasha's is no exception. Let's get to it. Here today with a person next door. Our person today is Natasha Kuhn, who is a super interesting person, and I hope she shares some of her amazingness with you all today. And Natasha loves coffee. Tell us about your relationship with coffee, Natasha. <laughs> Hi, Heath. Thank you. Uh, well, I do love my coffee. I think it kind of started probably culturally because in Bosnia, everybody drinks coffee all the time. And even growing up with my grandma, she would serve me a white coffee. And um, it's always been sort of something that I love. And honestly, I don't know if I could survive without it. I don't know <laughs> if it's like the healthiest habit, but I uh, just have one coffee in the morning. And I do love that time also because it's my time just make a coffee and have time to reflect and sip on it. And yeah, it makes me really happy. Ice. Do you still drink white coffee? Well, no, the white coffee was mostly like cup, full cup of milk and then just drop of coffee. And in Bosnia, they make Turkish coffee. So it's very strong. Right now I have espresso machine. It makes it much easier just to push that button and get my shot in there with some cream and I'm a happy girl. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I had only asked because I only recently learned that white coffee is a thing. Ah. And so but, that you yeah. just brought it up. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. learned about this the other day. Yeah. <laughs> I don't actually know what we call white coffee here. I know that my grandma called it just basically full glass of milk and then a little bit of coffee in there <laughs> while she's drinking her Turkish coffee. <laughs> Yeah, and I guess that's another reason why I love it because traditionally in Bosnia we're very it's like a social thing. And you know, you always go out to coffee and you hang out with people for coffee. And so it's just something that I grew up with. And I guess that's part of my love for it too. Yeah, it has a lot of meaning. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's yeah. cool. Yeah. So kicking this off, what would your younger self be surprised about your current self? That I live in America and that my children are American. (laughs) (laughs) I had no idea growing up in Bosnia that I would actually live in America. And, um, you know, as a kid, I remember watching movies that are in America and I never imagined I would be here. And now sometimes I will take a moment and be like, oh, my gosh, my children are American, like. How did this happen? It's just shocking. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely a surprise, sort of unknown in life. Do you want to talk about how you came here? Sure, I can give you a little uh, (laughs) description. So I was born and raised in Bosnia and Herzegovina and former Yugoslavia. And in the 90s, there was a war there. And I lived in Bosnia during the war for about two and a half years. And then um, the war was still going on and my parents really tried to get my brother and I out of there because 
my brother was a nurse and he was mostly working in the hospital, but they had switched him to the front line and they knew if they don't get us out that he will die. <laughs> it's just a matter of time. And so they really tried their best to get us out of there. And I mean, they've been trying all those years, but it was just impossible to get out. And things just lined up in the right way. And we had friends in Switzerland that were send us money to pay people to basically walk us across the minefields and then come to another part of Bosnia where we took a paid bunch of money to take a bus to Croatia. And then in Croatia, we were there basically illegally because my background is not Croatian. My dad is a Serbian and my mom is Muslim Bosnian. So we really didn't fit in Croatia. And um, it then it was a big deal also for my brother to be there because they were recruiting any men that were, I mean, they will literally stop you on the street and ask you for your ID. And if you don't have proper paperwork, you're out. And so we were furiously trying to get out of Croatia and we knocked on every single door we knew. And Canada was actually the first country that responded to us after a few months. And they have this amazing program for refugees that they will support refugees from anywhere. Like there's a hotspot in the world and they give you sort of basic loan for your medical and airfares and stuff. If you pass their interview and whatnot. Yeah. August 16, we got a letter that we're going to Calgary, August 16, 1994. And my brother and I were super excited and terrified because we didn't speak English and we kind of knew where Calgary is because they had Olympic Games and, you know, you heard about it, but <laughs> we had no idea what to expect. And yeah, we took a leap and uh, moved. And then eventually I met my husband and moved to U.S. because he's American. It's a wild story. Yeah, it was a wild ride for sure. <laughs> it's been a, yeah, a long journey and definitely a lot of curves in it. <laughs> sure, sure. How old were you when that all happened? I was 15 when war started, and then by the time we left, 18, I think, by the time, or 19, when I arrived to Canada, finally. And where are your parents now? Uh, Now they live in Vancouver. My brother and I eventually moved to Vancouver, and my brother stayed in Vancouver, and I moved to Seattle. And my parents, after 10 years, we finally got them in Canada. We were trying to get their paperwork for many years. and. It took us 10 years to bring them. And yes, yeah, so they're now in Canada too. Yeah, it's interesting, the immigration journey. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure we could talk about that for days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At any point in your life, whether it was in the midst of all of that mm-hmm. chaos or not, have you been given a piece of advice that you're really glad you didn't follow? <laughs> that I didn't follow. I really nothing is coming up right now that I can think of, but yeah, I don't know if something is like really resonating that I didn't follow. I'm gonna like, what did I follow what I didn't follow? But probably if I didn't want to follow it, I probably just blocked it out of my <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> that doesn't count. Block it. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> I don't think there's something that I'm like necessarily like, oh, never do that. You know, like I have no idea. (laughs) That's okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, you don't have to apologize. Mm -hmm. Uh, It seems to be that people are like, I've got nothing. Or people are like, oh, yeah, 
Mm-hmm. There was a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. So that's yeah. fine. Yeah. It, that self-will, right? Like, I'm never going to do that. But I don't know. I probably was like one of the daring ones. Ooh, don't do that. Oh, yeah, I'm going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So kind of in the same vein, but not exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Can you think of feedback that you were given either by a person or a situation that totally changed at least an aspect of how you view yourself? I remember when I was living in Calgary, I got a job as a flight attendant and made one of my best friends at that job. And her and I were in the same room when they sort of had like an initial first day of job sort of training. And um I remember seeing her there and we, you know, all met and whatnot. And it wasn't until years later that she told me that she was terrified of me. She was like, I really felt intimidated by you. And you were just seemed like very strong and assertive and aggressive, you know, just like one of those very forward people. And I definitely don't see myself that way. Like, I don't feel that way. (laughs) And it was kind of shocking to me to get that feedback. But I think that really stayed with me. Obviously, I'm still talking about it all my life, just that maybe culturally I'm more forward, but also just like it was an honest feedback that it's like, okay, this is how maybe some people might see me through their lens. And so I think I try to just be open and more approachable if I feel that people might get intimidated by my presence, which, you know, I don't see myself like that, but trust my friend and her feedback. Yeah, for some reason that stayed with me all my life. So I try to be softer and (laughs) open (laughs) when I meet new people. (laughs) You've always struck me as very put together. Oh, gosh. Wow, thank you. (laughs) Definitely a mask. (laughs) (laughs) It's girls in the background always. But thank you. I'll take that as, as a compliment. <laughs> You're welcome. It yeah. is a compliment. Thank you. Is there, and maybe maybe we just answered this question, but mm-hmm. is there something that you wish people knew about you? Yeah, maybe, th- maybe that's partially answering that previous question, but I love connection. And, you know, I'm super curious and I love people. So I'm a lover, not a hater. <laughs> <laughs> I always say that to my kids too. (laughs) Be a lover, not a hater. (laughs) Yeah. It's good words to live by. Mm -hmm. Yep. So what's your superpower? I would say probably dealing with chaos. I mean, I feel like that's one of my superpowers. And I don't know if it's, yeah, just like going through life and what happened. But I feel... And somehow I put myself in those spots always and like, you know, organizations that are startup and there's always moving parts or, you know, having two jobs and children and, you know, schedules. And so, yeah, I feel like I can navigate that world pretty well, that I could also stay grounded in it. I feel like, you know, like I could observe it and manage it. I mean, every once in a while, I probably get pulled into the chaos. <laughs> like Dorothy in Tornado, <laughs> <laughs> but mostly I like to stay grounded in my life. 
Yeah. Well, that's probably why you come across as put together. Oh, maybe. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. So not that there isn't chaos, but that you're yeah, just try solid yeah. in the middle of it. Yeah. I was telling my son the other day that I can't remember what he was sharing. And I was just like, do you know this skill where you just sort of step back and sit back and watch all the things happening? Like you're still in your body, but you're just watching all this. And he was just like, I have no idea what you're talking about, mom. <laughs> I feel like that's not what I could do, you know, just like, here's this and this and this. And it's just like, okay, don't get hooked into the chaos, but just stay in yourself as you're tending to whatever it's moving in front of you. I think that's a great skill. <laughs> Keep working at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So if you had to be famous for something, what would it be? Oh my gosh, I always wanted to be a singer. I would love to be able to sing. I could not sing at all. And I actually, just last night, I was at a concert and I saw a couple of different bands. But for some reason, whenever I hear really amazing singers, it touches me really deeply. And I just want to cry. I often cry. And, uh, I always had this yearning to be a singer, never pursued it. A couple of times I called voice people like, can I take some lessons? And then it never worked out. But yeah, I would love to be a famous singer. <laughs> That'd be amazing. The previous guest said the exact same thing. Really? So I, I just it. think that's funny. <laughs> so many people have that dream, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I would love I to know. be a singer. I oh, know. cool. What I would love is this idea of like when I watched this singer last night, for example, just the ability to like really find that loud voice and make it sound beautiful. And that sounds amazing. It does sound amazing. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to when you do it. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> Maybe one day. I was going to say, it's probably not on the to-do list anytime soon, but I expect that that'll trickle up. Maybe. It might come up, yeah. That'll be fantastic. The glimpse in your eyes is like, dairy me, kind of. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta tell you. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> It'll be fun to listen to. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a question you would like me to ask the next person? The next person? Yes. What do you think your true true essence is? That's a neat question. Are you going to ask me now? I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> no, I'm going to ask you what the last person oh, nice. I wanted it. to ask the next oh, yeah. person. So the other person who also wanted to be able to sing Ooh. wants to know, if you could change one small thing about the world, what would it be? Or one small thing in your life that would have been a large ripple effect going forward? One small thing. I struggle with small things. I'm like, can there be no wars, please? That's what I want to change. Yes. And I wonder, you know, I guess that comes down to one small thing is just like acceptance of who other people are. Because I think that would prevent differences and hate which eventually could lead to worse <laughs> and separation 
So maybe to go even more down into honing what small thing, it's like something about separation, knowing that I'm not separate from the rest of the world. Yeah. So therefore nobody else is, you know? Yes. That's lovely. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. She and I were talking about how that people would be like, oh, if you go back in time and change a thing, then it changes, right? Then it, all these dominoes mm -hmm. fall and it creates all this change. Yeah. But the same people who recognize that don't recognize that if you make one small change now, mm -hmm. yeah, it has that same ripple effect. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, some people believe, right, that it's like everything you do in the present moment, it affects your past seven generations and forward seven right that's like native teaching i think but i have heard that before and i think that really encourages me to do my own work to do my own healing and my own what's mine to do in the world yes yeah we've all got it mm -hmm. i don't think we all notice it but we've all yep. got it <laughs> that's for sure <laughs> Natasha, that's all I have for you. Mm -hmm. It was super fun talking to you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. <laughs> Can I ask you questions? Sure. Okay. How do you? How are you doing with your podcast? What are you? What are you seeing in the patterns of just like interviewing different people? And because you've talked to a lot of people, I have talked to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I find in general. The people who I talk to in the artist thread mm -hmm. are the most interested in talking um, and will just keep chatting away. Keep going, which is fantastic. It mm -hmm. makes my job super easy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. People on this thread are in different places as far as their willingness to talk. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, there are some people who I've asked who are like, no, I don't want to do that, which is fine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then there are some people. Who are like, yeah, I'll do it, but I'm really not comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, I can tell talking to yeah. them that they're really yeah. not comfortable with it. I'm not sure how that translates to uninvolved listeners. Mm -hmm. Like if they can tell that or not, mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Do you find a thread between all the speakers sort of just a human commit? commonality like i was just reflecting on your name the um everyday chaos or ordinary chaos ordinary chaos yeah sorry i was glitching there for a second uh and i was just thinking like wow yeah i'm sure that everybody has sort of like chaos in a world and yes yeah it's and, and everyone's chaos is not necessarily the same mm -hmm. people with children have different chaos than people mm -hmm. without children yeah is is the biggest difference that I notice. I see. Yeah, for sure. Most people think that their ordinary is boring and that mm. no one wants to hear about it. I see. Yeah. I think people's stories are really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I'm probably not the only one who thinks yeah. that yeah. normal people's stories are yeah. interesting. Yeah, I agree. And I may or may not be the best at eliciting the interesting, but mm -hmm. I've enjoyed all of the conversations that I've had. Yeah. So That's neat. nice. Yeah. Do you ever go back and do a deep dive with anybody sort of like into their stories or no? I have not, 
But as mm-hmm. I'm learning to interview people and write their story, mm-hmm. I may. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, everybody's like a book, right? There's so many images yes. and stories behind everything. And it's interesting to see what shows up. Yes. Yeah. There's a general thread of of wishing in some on some level for humanity mm-hmm. and for people to know like that I'm a human being mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that when I'm out in the world, I am doing my best mm-hmm. and that maybe we should be kind to each other. Yeah. 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 That, that thread pops up a lot. <laughs> yeah. I wonder though, like how I often think about this, like why is it that we all seek kindness and love and all these, you know, higher ideals and yet that doesn't come across like how, where is the disconnect? Like how does it, you know, come in a world, but yet we most have that desire, you know, for kindness. Um, I think it's a couple things mm-hmm. and there may be other things and this may be totally wrong, right? This is my hypothesis, but I mm-hmm. think that part of it is that we tend to judge people and not give grace mm-hmm. in situations where yeah. we feel shame yeah. ourselves. Yeah. Um, so like, I know there's a guy I know who has trouble keeping track of stuff, like an mm-hmm. ADHD kind of mm-hmm. thing and will ride his kid's butt for forgetting things. Oh, uh, yeah. Because he's uncomfortable with that yeah. quality in himself. Yeah. And so instead of being able to say, hey, I have that problem too, Mm -hmm. because he Mm -hmm. doesn't like having that problem too and can't Mm -hmm. function in that space, yeah, he's a jerk about it. So just projecting basically. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. So there's that. And I think a lot of people, when they are offered love, grace, acceptance, kindness, don't feel like they deserve it and reject it. It's buried so deep inside of us <laughs> and we want it and yet we stop it. Yes. It's yeah, really interesting thing. Well, and I think that everyone, not everyone, but I think that most people just think that what they grew up in is normal. Yeah. And so a lot of people who could appropriately frame events or parenting techniques or whatever Mm -hmm. as toxic or traumatic Mm -hmm. or otherwise like this had a very negative impact on you Mm -hmm. don't see it that way because it's just normal Mm -hmm. yeah in quotes I was thinking about that this morning I don't know I don't remember what movie maybe like Doctor Strange or something there's this movie where like this like um uh, I think it's like a metal or something the whole thing kind of comes together you know or maybe it's like matrix or something. I don't know. But like how we're wired, right? Like we're born and then all these stuff that is around us, like our culture and our parents and family, right? And then we're getting wired and it's all like kind of like that thing that comes together and to really like change it, you have to start sort of unlocking, but it all affects each other. And I think that's that conversation of like, how do we change ourselves in a present moment that affects past and the future at the same time? It's like looking at those, how have we been wired? I'm not talking about that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Because that's really truly, right? Like 
I mean, that's what I'm studying and that's what my interest is. Like, how do we right, go through these traumatic events in life or whatever? And it's like, are you it because you were traumatized? You have to now live for the rest of your life like a victim or whatever the story is. It's like, how do we really change that? And right. So interesting. It is interesting. And it's changeable, it seems to be. Mm-hmm. But it, it takes work. Yeah, and you have to do it consciously and choose it yourself from free will as opposed to your employer sending you to a therapist or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, and I think a lot of people avoid it because it hurts. It hurts like hell. Yes, it's hard. It's hard. And not to sound like a whiner, but yeah, you really have to feel the pain and it hurts. But feeling it is how you... Yeah, release it it also, pass it through. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Express it, I guess, things that were never expressed. Yeah, so I'm not an advocate of pain, but in some cases, like, just feel it. You gotta, (laughs) yeah, move through it. And move through it instead of trying to box it up. Yeah, yeah, that's the work I'm learning a lot about now and doing. And yeah, super interesting to see how we actually create armors and stop all that because of our past experiences and then how do we actually move it through move through it to release it and having children it's so interesting like being a mother and watching how we do pass on I mean now we know about epigenetics and we know that a lot of things are passed through the genes too but also seeing how our behavior and habits and beliefs right? Create who our children are, or, you know, who the next generation is. And they, of course, have a choice to take it or not. But certainly from day one, we're forming them into, you know, their beliefs and who they are in the world and how they fit in. And it's just, yeah, so mind boggling to just be (laughs) like this patterning, passing it and healing it or changing it or... Yeah, yeah. I guess that's really my juice. <laughs> Looking at that, I love it though. It's so interesting. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. It's really great to see you. Thanks for listening. Ordinary Chaos is written, produced, edited, and all the things by me, he. The music was created by Keith Kelly. You can find show notes and learn more about the podcast, about Keith, or about me at OrdinaryChaosPodcast.com. As always, Ordinary Chaos is an ad-free podcast. If you'd like to support the podcast, go to OrdinaryChaosPodcast.com, scroll down, and click Support the Podcast. It's like looking at those, how have we been wired? It's your doggy jumping around. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut him out. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Is this going to be? I'm like, I'm just chatting with you now. <laughs> I thought we were done. <laughs> but it's interesting. It's interesting. <laughs>